To our very last offering of the semester, Into the Woods by Stephen Sondheim and James Lapine. There's probably a lot about this unit that, at least on the surface, will feel very familiar. Most people grow up hearing their culture's folk stories, and Into the Woods incorporates several fairy tales. It is also a musical, and even people who don't often attend theater probably have some familiarity with musical theater, whether that's occasionally tuning into a Broadway cast recording that crosses over into the mainstream, <coughs> Hamilton, <coughs> or growing up watching old VHS tapes of Cats. Were VHS tapes still a thing when most of y'all grew up? Probably not, huh? Whew. Anyway. You've also heard a lot of music from musicals throughout the semester. We haven't watched any yet, as a reminder, Indecent is a play with music, but a whole lot of our transition music within Context Clues episodes has been sourced from musical theater cast recordings. We've watched a lot of heavy and political content this semester, and musicals are fun entertainment, right? Yes, and. Musicals are commonly understood to be the less serious sibling of the great straight play. Where plays can be real art, musicals have historically been considered not only apolitical, but unimportant as art pieces, pushed aside as popular entertainment, which meant they weren't worth studying. Only in the last 20 to 25 years has musical theater studies really found its way as an academic field and begun to push back against some of these misconceptions of musical theater. As you all know, it's my academic field, and I could talk about musicals forever. This is also, however, our last show, and it would be irresponsible of me to let you get out of this class without looking at a single academic article. After all, you're in an academic theater class. You should leave knowing that academic theater exists. Instead of me telling you about musical theater as a field of study, then, I'm going to have you read Stacey Wolf's article, In Defense of Pleasure, Musical Theater History in the Liberal Arts, a Manifesto, which both argues that we should be teaching musical theater history in theater departments, and gives lots of specific information about why musicals are valuable as historical and cultural artifacts along the way. It's going to look long when you open it, but the actual article is only four pages. The appendices after that are very quick reads, then the rest is citations. Check it out, fill out the engagement tracker, and come back. Go! notice now that all our music this week is Sondheim music. You may also have noticed that Wolf mentions that musicals have their own formal conventions to study. Golden Age musicals had a pretty specific script, and most contemporary musicals are still in conversation with it somehow, even if they don't follow it exactly. What's a Golden Age musical? Check out the Crash Course Broadway Musicals video, fill out the engagement tracker, and come back. Isn't it rich? Isn't it queer Losing my timing this late In my career And where are the clowns There ought to be clowns Now that we're on the same page with some musical theater history, let's talk form. 
Golden Age musicals usually started with a community and a male and female main character. These actors are usually referred to as ingenues or an ingenue and a leading man. Assumed to be cis, heterosexual, and conventionally attractive, usually with a female soprano and a male baritone during Golden Age, though in recent years leading couples more often are a tenor and a mezzo-soprano belter. Usually there was a song fairly early on that told you about the community, and the male and female main character probably represented some kind of community conflict. In Oklahoma, Lori is a farmer and Curly is a cowman. Early on, both characters get an I am or an I want song. An I am song explains who a character is. An I want song explains what a character wants. If you know Wicked, The Wizard and I is a great example of this. If you know Wicked and liked Wolf's article, reach out to me. She wrote an amazing article about queer musical theater conventions and Wicked I'd be happy to share. The male and female main character either already are kind of in love and have to immediately sing about how they're definitely not, ew, gross, people will say we're in love, often singing about what they would do if they were in love and making it a hypothetical love song, or meet for the first time and hate each other on sight. Either way, the audience knows they're meant to be because they sing together, and the rest of the musical is usually a will-they-or-won't-they question about their romance, often following the classic trope of boy-gets-girl, boy-loses-girl, boy-gets-girl back. There are probably some side plots including a secondary couple made of a funny male tenor and a sabrette, a sassier, brassier, funnier woman who is also generally an alto or mezzo-soprano. There are a few set songs along the way in addition to the characters I Am or I Want songs in their first duet. The Act 1 finale is usually a high-stakes number setting up some sort of big plot cliffhanger to get people to want to come back after intermission. The Act 2 opening usually is an ensemble number of some kind checking back in with the community members. Act 1 songs that set up problems or establish information about characters get reprised in Act 2 often either by new characters to compare or contrast them to the original singers, or by the same characters to show how things have changed. A reprise or reprise is when a song is repeated, usually either repeating it exactly with more people, or a different tempo, or repeating the melody and some lyrical sections with new lyrics. Because Act 1 creates a lot of plot problems Act 2 has to solve, second acts are often fast and furious, but can sometimes also feel a little draggy. To this end, there's an 11 o'clock number, a big show-stopping number performed shortly before the climax, usually by a supporting character. Finally, the show reaches its climax, the boy and girl end up together with a kiss, and somehow that union also fixes whatever problem of the community the couple represented. In Oklahoma terms, not only can the farmer and the cowman be friends, they can be spouses. There are other song types you might see. A list song that predictably lists things, or a patter song that goes quickly with clever wordplay. You'll remember when we talked about plot structure that plots move from one kind of stasis, one way that things normally are, to a new one. Musicals do this as well. They identify something or someone that's weird about the community, an outlier, and get rid of it to return to the stasis at the end. In Oklahoma, not only is it weird that Judd is neither properly a farmer or a cowman, he gets killed, but it's weird that Lori is a single female landowner, and her marriage fixes that weirdness too. But speaking of weird, Stephen Sondheim, the composer and lyricist of Into the Woods, has always played with the musical theater form. 
While he studied with Golden Age composers, most of his career has involved playing with and deconstructing the norms of Golden Age theater. For this week's play viewing experience, pay attention to moments when the musical either conforms to the Golden Age structure or deviates from it. Into the Woods is a fun watch, and appropriate to watch with most family members who aren't small children, but it's also long, so to stay within our expected hours of work for the class, we're going to go ahead and stop now and let you watch it, fill out the engagement tracker, and come back. Go! Welcome back. Now what's left is your discussion post. There are two parts in addition to your discussion question. First, for four points, where did you see the musical fit the expectations we set for musical structure? Where did you see it deviate? The second part, another four points, is a choose-your-own-adventure question. Choose one of the questions Stacey Wolf offers for music or dance analysis, share it, and then share your answer to the question. Finish up with your discussion question. Your forum post is due at midnight Wednesday, responses and engagement trackers Saturday. As a reminder, the election is next week and we don't have anything due Wednesday to make sure you have time to vote. So if you are eligible, please, please, please do so. Then check back on the forum Wednesday night. During the last half of next week, you'll learn about your final project. Until then, go and be happy. Everybody's got the right to be happy. Don't stay mad, life's not as bad as it seems. If you keep your goal in sight, you can climb to any height. Everybody's got the right to their dreams.